Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title today is Storm Insurance. Storm Insurance. <laughs> Boy, can we relate to this, right? Matthew 7, 24 to 29. And I was thinking back to Hurricane Sandy. Well, although we don't have to think that far ago, but all of us were so affected by Hurricane Sandy. Remember that? No power, the damage and the flooding and the basements and houses being flooded. No school for <laughs> sometimes some were two weeks. Jersey was what? Two weeks? New Jersey? Two weeks? Uh, here in PA it was a week. It was crazy, right? And the beach was hit really hard. Those who have houses on the beach know what I'm talking about. That was hit really, really hard. I was trying to get the video, but I wasn't able to get that, that video that was made by some of our folks here. But you remember the pictures, and, and some are still digging out. The youth group was just over digging out the, the Davis's house there with the sand. Crazy. Now, I'm not, trying to, I'm not saying anything about why we should have houses at the beach or not. I love beach vacations, and I love going to the ocean. I love the ocean. But if you think about it, it's pretty risky to have a house... We're on the sand, right? It's pretty, pretty risky there because sooner or later, it's going to get hit. Thank God most of us didn't get hit that hard. But sooner or later, whether it's 100 years from now, 200 years from now, sooner or later, those houses are going to be gone, right? Along with all the other houses that we have. But, but sooner or later, it's going to happen. It's risky, right? But we all do the same thing. And I'm using a physical example, house on the beach. But, but it's also a lot of us how we live our lives. Spiritually, we do the same thing spiritually, right? We build sandcastles. And sandcastles are great. I've built many, many sandcastles. I go out in the morning with the kids, and, and before anybody else is up, I'm out with the kids, we're digging and we're creating things. And, and by the time everybody else wakes up and comes out, uh, it's, it's gone. It's been washed away, you know. But, but a lot of us do that. We build these sandcastles. They look super. They look great. But it's just a matter of time before they're washed away. We focus on temporary things, trivial temporary things, and we put so much energy into what's not going to last instead of the eternal things, which is living for Jesus Christ and making him our foundation, the foundation of our life. In the storms of life, and this is what we're going to look at today, the storms of life expose what's really important to us. The storms of life expose our spiritual character, our spiritual strength, how strong we are. And this is the last, we're finishing up the Sermon on the Mount today. This is the last part of the sermon that Jesus was preaching, Matthew 5 through 7, his most famous sermon. And he asked at the end of this sermon, what will you do with me, Jesus, and what will you do with my words? And this will affect our life. What we hear Jesus saying to us today will affect our life today, tomorrow, and forever. There's eternal consequences. What will we live by? What will we build our life upon? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us through many storms of life. We thank you for your mercy and grace to us. We pray that your word would speak to us now. Your spirit would take your word and speak to us. Every one of us is at a different place spiritually. Every one of us is in a different place in a storm. And we pray that your spirit would apply it to each one of us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, let's read the passage, the last historic passage, which means in a few weeks we're going to be back in the book of Mark. Next week I have a special surprise for you. But uh, in a couple weeks we'll be back in the book of Mark. But let's start with verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew against and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Ooh, wow. What does it mean to be, a wise, to be wise and build our house on the rock? All throughout the Sermon on the Mount, we've been talking about this. It means to, to the rock is Jesus Christ and his words, which means the sand is anything else. Anything besides Jesus Christ and his words, that's sand. And we have talked about the starting point to this building on this rock, on Jesus Christ. The starting point is to be saved by faith alone in Christ alone. We put our faith in Jesus Christ, his death on, on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, proving he was the Son of God. We, we ask, we return away from our sins, we repent of our sins, we ask for, for forgiveness. We put our faith in Jesus Christ and give our life to him. That's the starting point for building our life on the rock, Jesus Christ. That's the starting point. The sinking sand is when we depend on anything else to get right with God or anything else to, to build our life on. It works salvation, trying to work our way to heaven and be good enough some way. That's sand, quicksand, right? The religion and, and trying to do things, instead of a relationship with Jesus, we, we try to follow religion. We try to do the right things and follow all these religious rites, which are just wrongs, right? They don't, they don't save us. There's nothing wrong with doing them if we're doing them to, as, out of... Uh, love for Christ, but so many depend on the religion to save them, to get them right with Jesus. And there's only one way. It's through faith in Christ. And the same thing with philosophy and the world's philosophies are quicksand, sinking sands. Anything that's not based on faith in Jesus Christ, in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's the sand. That's the quicksand. Now, even after we put our faith in Jesus Christ, We've already established, we started that foundation on the rock. Even after we, we know we've put our faith in Christ, we've become a Christian, we're depending on him, saved by faith. Even then, we have a daily decision to make. Are we going to keep on living by faith? Are we going to follow Jesus Christ's word? Are we going to be conformed to the world or be transformed, which we've been talking about recently? Are we going to put our energy into serving Jesus Christ? Because we've been saved by him. But are we going to build on that rock? Are we going to put our energy into serving Jesus? Or are we going to waste this day? This week? This year? This life? Are we going to waste it? Because only what we do for Jesus Christ will last. And we're going to focus on this next week. That's my surprise for next week. But everything else is empty. Anything else we do is empty. It's worthless. It's temporary. It doesn't matter if we're talking about money. That will be gone. doesn't matter if we're talking about a house. It will be gone. doesn't matter if we're talking about success. 
so temporary. Fame. People just want to be famous in this society. Whether it's the Disney Channel, you know, everybody's going to be a rock star all the way up to, you know, to the, the NBA championships. Everyone wants to be famous, right? I was watching. It's so temporary. It's so empty. It's so dumb to focus on that. I was watching a special this week on Dr. J. It was an ESPN special. I don't know if anybody else saw it, but Dr. J. I used to love to watch Dr. J. And, and the kids were like, who's that? I'm like, what do you mean, who's Dr. J? You know? and, and they showed this special on Dr. J and all the slamming and all the crazy things he did. And this guy was a legend. I mean, just huge legend. And it's only been, you know, not... We, we're young, we're young men, right? Yeah, we remember him well, right? Well, we're the same age. So, uh, so we're both young. So, but Dr. J went home to where he grew up. He grew up in Long Island. He went back to his hometown, and he was going back to visit. And he stopped at a florist to get some flowers because his brother had passed away. It was a sad story. But he, but he stopped in, and the ladies didn't know who he was. And, and, and the people had a camera, and they're like, why do you have a camera? And he goes, well, I'm, I'm, I used to play in the NBA. Oh, did you? You look kind of tall, you know, and, and they were, they didn't know, and he goes, yeah, my, I'm Dr. J. He goes, ah, I think, we, I think I heard of you. I mean, they didn't even know who he was, you know, and this is Dr. J, and that's the world's fame. It was kind of sad watching this, although, because it just re- reinforced, it doesn't last. The money, the success, the fame, it doesn't last. Only what we do for Jesus Christ is the only thing that lasts. And we're going to talk here about the rock and the sand. We have a critical choice to make because what we make the foundation of our life will determine if we survive the storm. Notice that the storm hit both people, the wise man and the foolish man. We all face storms in our lives. The storms of life, there will be storms. It's called the effect of the fall. You read Genesis, and you know why it's there. Adam and Eve and the sin that we've all shared in, and evil has been unloosed, and, and it set off a chain reaction, and it, we all face storms. We don't have to be told that in New Hope, right? All the floods, you know, I called Gail this week, you know, Gail, it's getting higher, and she had me go count her steps down, you know, Kim, Kim went to count them for me. And uh, it, all the floods that we've had here in New Hope, Hurricane Sandy, which you all remember very well, turn on the news in Oklahoma, and the tornadoes, it's just crazy. They just keep hitting over and over. You talked about storms hitting people, right? The storms of life. But there's other kinds of storms too, aren't there? We lose our jobs. We lose loved ones, we, kids rebel, our spouse cheats on us or leaves us, you know, there's a lot of other storms, you can add to that list, there's a lot of other storms, and God allows these storms, notice that the rains come down, God allows these storms in our life, same as he sends blessing, the Bible talks about blessings coming down, storms come down, the, the, the trials come down too, and it's really important, I was thinking about this this week, Apart from the sermon, it was just hitting me. When the blessings are here, we just really have to enjoy them and appreciate those times of blessing. We We need to do that. Be thankful for them. But we're also called to be thankful for the trials. Because just as we're, the, the, the blessings are a time to enjoy and to appreciate and to catch our breath, the trials are what God sends us to grow us and to mature us spiritually, which we've talked about many, many times. In fact, Romans 12, 12. Romans 12, 12 is just a great verse on this whole thing where it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. 
That's the attitude to have during these storms in our life. And as we look at these storms here that Jesus is talking about, the storms of life test us. They divide us. If our faith is in Jesus Christ and our life is built on his word, we will be able to survive and even thrive this life, the storms in this life, and the ultimate storm, which is death. We'll be able to survive and thrive facing these storms. But if our faith is in anyone else, or if our foundation is built on anything else, we're going to be shaken by life storms, right? Life storms are going to shake us to the core, and we're going to be shocked someday when we face the ultimate test, which is death. We're going to be shocked, not just shaken. The storms of life show us who's really a Christian and who's not. Now, first of all, there's a big question I always ask everybody. I think it gets right to the heart of it. It's from evangelism explosion. It gets right to the heart of the matter. Do, are we really a Christian? I always say to people, if you were to die and stand before God, and he were to say, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? And I've heard a lot of answers to that, and I know Chuck and the Vixels, we've heard many, many answers to that, right? I've been good. I go to church. I've been baptized. I try to be good. I never killed anybody. But that gets right to it because there's only one answer biblically from Jesus, and that is I put my faith alone in Christ alone to get right with God. That question gets right to it. It never fails. If you ever want to know someone, I think they're Christian, I'm not sure, ask that question. It gets right to it because then you can go right to what the Word says. But not only does that question get to it, but life's storms, the crises that we face expose if someone's really a Christian or not, too, whether we're really a Christian or not, especially death. It exposes if our faith is real or not. The way that someone handles a crisis, what they turn to for comfort, what they turn to for help, is, exposes our faith and our foundation, right? That's what it does. If someone is facing a crisis and they become, go into despair and they turn on God and become bitter, or they drown their sorrows in alcohol or drugs or some, something else, what does it tell us? It tells us that our faith isn't real. But if we turn to Christ during the storm, and through that faithful perseverance we overcome through that time, that is an encouragement to us that our faith is real. That we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, in 1 John 5, 4, I was meditating on this, this verse this week on one of my walks. In 1 John 5, 4, he says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. That overcoming faith. Faith is the victory. Some of you remember the hymn him? Faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. So that, that is where that comes from, is that verse. That if we are really born again, born, from, born of God, we will overcome. That's the proof of our faith in our life. Storms also... Now, we, we know we're a really Christian. Say we, we know we're a really Christian. We put our faith in Christ. But storms also divide Christians into two categories. Those who survive and those who thrive. Those who survive and those who thrive. And the key for figuring out who's going to do one or the other comes down to two little words. 
I want to look at Luke 6, 46 to 49. It's a parallel passage to the Matthew 7 one we're looking at. And in Luke 6, I want you to watch as we read the parallel passage. See if you can find the key difference between those who survive and those who thrive through the trials and the crises that God sends to grow us. Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he... Show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck, and that house could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. Luke brings out something a little more than, well, several other things, but one key phrase there. Did anybody catch it? The one who dug deep. Not just built on the foundation, but Luke brings out what Jesus said when he said, not just the foundation on the rock, but dug deep. And that's the key, is digging deep spiritually. When I was a kid, I remember I was maybe seven and i was watching tv and they were saying that if you were to dig right straight through you would end up in china and you could dig right through the earth and i remember thinking i'm gonna go find myself a chinaman friend i'm gonna go find myself a chinese friend and i and i went out and got a shovel and i went out in the yard and i'll forget it i started digging and by dinner tight tight i'll be ta- having a chinese friend i'll be hanging out in china and i'm gonna have a great time i'm gonna just get digging and digging and I remember I got through the grass finally, and it was like, you know, it's so hard, the grass. And, and I, there's so many rocks, and it was hard digging, and I was hot and sweaty. And, and after about an hour, I'm like, I'll come out a little bit later and finish. And I went and watched TV, and that was the end. I never did get to China. And, and so many of us do that spiritually, don't we? We become a Christian. We find out we're a Christian. We're promised this that if we dig deep, we're going to really find spiritual treasures and we go out and get ourselves a new study Bible and, and, and bring it home and get something on our phone, some kind of Bible apps. And, and we get home and we start to dig and oh, it's not as easy as I thought. And so we turn on the TV set. That's it. We don't dig deep. It's Christians that thrive through the storms, have dug deep. And I hope everybody here, we, we, we study the word, we memorize the word, we take God's promises and we memorize them and we use them and we battle with them through every struggle that we have. And when we face temptation, we battle to holiness, we fight through it. We don't just give up and turn on the TV. We, we fight through it, we fight Satan, we fight the flesh. We use the, the word of God and, and the, the promises and we battle and through prayer we battle and we, we dig deep. And because we dig deep, we're able to grow through the storms. Instead of crashing, we grow through the storms. First Peter 1, 5 to 7. We have, I know we've hammered this. I hope you have this memorized by now. But in verse Peter 1, 5 says, Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith 
of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. God puts us through these things to refine us, to, to, to refine our, our faith and make it golden faith. He, he puts us through this. And, it, and we, if we have dug deep, we allow God to refine us. We allow God to burn out the junk in our life. We have, allow God to, to prune us, which hurts. It hurts. He, we allow God to expose the cracks in our foundation, our life's foundation. And when they show up, we say, God, okay, God, what needs fixing? What are, you, what are you saying to me here? What needs fixing in the foundation of my life? And we're ready to thrive, even if we face the big crisis. Hey, listen. You don't have to be a prophet to know where this country's going. Without a revival, it's pretty obvious where we're headed. Where the world and this country is headed. Just read the book of Revelation, right? We are facing persecution as Christians. They just published this list that came out. They found out the government had 8 million people on the list. Anybody's been critical of the government? I was kidding, Chuck. I, go, I said, Chuck, I saw your name. I looked what on that list. I found your name at the top. You know, and uh, he kidded me, kidded me back, said I was right underneath his name, but nobody can get to this. But the point is this, there's, there's going to be a persecution. Are we going to be able to not just survive, but to thrive in this? Are we ready for this? Unless our life is built on the rock, we will be rocked. We will be rocked unless our life is built on the rock. What is your life built on? Is our life built on sand or the rock, Jesus Christ, in his word. And here's the test. How do we handle life's storms? Here's the test. How do we handle life's storms? I'm not talking about when it first happens, we're shocked. There's the shock, right? We've got to get over the shock. But once we get past the shock of what has happened, how do we, where do we go there? How do we handle it? How do we react when, when we are injured in some way, a sports injury, we can't do our sports. How do we react when we lose our job? How do we react when, when we, our, our kids rebelled? How do we react when we lose the loved one? How do we react when all these things happen? How, how do we react by that? I think of the, the nags and how they reacted. So many people in our community have said to me, we're just amazed. First of all, they're amazed by Robert and his attitude through this whole thing, his faith through, through, as he got closer and closer to going to be with Jesus, amazed. But afterward, they were just ama- they have been amazed. People are still talking to me about the, what they see in the Nag family. You know what they see? They see that their faith and their foundation is on Jesus Christ. That's what they're seeing. And the world can't understand it, but it's a witness. It's a witness. Have we dug down deep? Have we made Jesus Christ and his words and our relationship with him the foundation of our life, the true foundation of our life? What cracks in our foundation is the Holy Spirit convicting us of? I hated doing this sermon because there's so many things. There's always cracks in our foundation, aren't there, that God will convict us of. Maybe it's something that we've given too much time or focus to. And it's detracting from God's number one purpose in our life. I'll just use an easy one, TV. What if you could have back all the hours you sat in front of the TV and focused on God instead? Think, think about that. And that goes for every one of us, right? 
whether we give one hour or ten hours a day to it. I'm not saying it's wrong to ever watch TV. I enjoy relaxing and watching a little TV, but you, you know my point. It's the hour after hour after hour, you know? And that's an easy one because we can all relate to that one, right? I'm not going to pick on anything else. What have we spent too much time or focus detracting from God's number one purpose in our life? Because only one thing is going to last. First Peter, I'm sorry, First Corinthians 3 talks about what we're all going to face someday. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, it says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. If we've built our life on, on worthless things, and we've put our faith in Christ, we're still going to get him but by the skin of our teeth here, he's saying. It's all going to be burned up. It's only what we do for God. That's going to last, that's going to come through that fire, is going to survive the fire, and we're going to be able to take it with us. Have, what, have we, what about our life? I, was, I remember a fire. I wrote it down. I stuck it in Matthew 7 here years ago. It was back in the 90s. There was a big fire in California and burned through this whole area. And I remember watching the news, and they were showing one house that was left. All these houses, hundreds, were just wiped out, and this one house was left there. And they interviewed the guy, and they said, what happened? How did your house survive? None of the other houses survived this wildfire. He said, I built it fireproof. I went beyond the code. He went beyond the average. He went beyond what the world said to do. He, he built it beyond the code. And are, are we living beyond beyond what the world's average is for us. That's what's going to survive the final fire, the testing fire that God is going to send, is going to use. If you're here today, have you ever made Jesus Christ your foundation, your rock? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Maybe you're being rocked right now by a storm. Maybe you're being rocked and you want the strength to, to not just survive, but to thrive in the storms that you're facing. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Another storm illustration, Hurricane Andrew. Hurricane Andrew, the, uh, down in Florida, some of you remember that. And once again, I'm reading a news report here. I saved it because it really hit me. It says there was a... House after house was just wiped out in this area of Florida by Hurricane Andrew. And the reporters saw that one house was left still on its foundation and still in pretty good shape. And the reporter said, sir, why is your house the only one still standing? How did you manage to escape the severe damage of the hurricane? He said, I built this house myself. I also built it according to the Florida State Building Code. When the call, code called for two-by-six roof trusses, I used two-by-six roof trusses. I was told that a house built according to the code could withstand a hurricane. I did it, and it did. I suppose, he looked around, he says, I suppose no one else around here you built according to the code. There's a code for our life. It's called the words of Jesus Christ. And if we will... 
put our faith in Jesus and give our life to him and follow his words for our life, we're going to not just survive, but we're going to thrive in this life and in the life to come, when we face the ultimate test, death, we're, gonna, we're not going to be shocked. We're going to stand before God under Jesus Christ. And someday he's going to ask every one of us, why should I let you in? And according to the words of Jesus Christ, there's only one foundation. Because I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, do you know for sure that you've been born of God? Do you know for sure that you've put your faith in Jesus Christ? Do you know for sure that someday when you face the ultimate test, standing before God, and every one of us has to, can we answer that we've put our faith in Jesus Christ? If you're not sure, I want to encourage you to do it now. We never know when the storm is going to hit. Do it now. Maybe you're sitting here today because of a storm in your life and God has shaken your world and he's done it to, to bring you here. To hear about Jesus Christ so that you could... Put your faith in him. Right where you're sitting. It's not a religious thing you can do. It's a relationship you start. And it starts by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Just start, just ask him to forgive. God, whatever I've done in my life that goes against your word, Whatever sins I've committed, whatever wrong I've done, I ask you to forgive me. I repent of that. I turn away from that past life. I ask you to forgive me. I believe your son Jesus died on the cross to pay for that sin so I could be forgiven. I put my faith in him. Forgive me. I put my faith in Jesus and I'm going to follow him. I give my life to you, God. I'm going to follow him. If you've taken that step of faith, you don't have to face any storm ever again, whether it's in this life or the life to come. You never have to fear a storm because Jesus is now in you, his spirit is living in us. And he's going to lead us through every storm. He's given us life now and forever. If you've taken that step of faith, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Tell me, tell me on the way out, fill out the card. Let somebody know here. Tell somebody so that we could be excited for you and, and, and encourage you in your new faith. For those of us who are already Christian, we've walked in here as a Christian, have we dug deep? What happens when we get hit with a storm? After the shock wears off, 
Are we just surviving? Or are we thriving? What crack in our foundation is the Holy Spirit convicting us about today? Father, we thank you for your blessings, which are many and immense, and we don't deserve a single one of them. We thank you for your mercy and your blessings. We pray for your grace to go through the trials that you send too, Father, because we know you're accomplishing something in our life, just like a coach, just like a, a father here on Father's Day. You put us through your discipline to accomplish something positive in our life. Pray that these words of Matthew 7 here, the entire Sermon on the Mount, but especially the house on the rock or sand, would just keep coming back to us. Your spirit would just keep bringing it back to our minds and our hearts so that we don't waste the precious time you've given us. But we become who you've called us to become and we accomplish what you've called us to accomplish. Pray that in Jesus' name.